to accountable love home of the love snarls where love means being accountable my name's Aziz and today we're going to talk about why do we cater in our relationships why do we cater is it because we feel less than is it because we believe without actually catering to the people we love they will walk away or is it because we believe that they deserve our particular attention they deserve to be prioritized they deserve to be Loved in a way where they actually can be provided of their wants by another person. I want you to ask yourself, why do you cater to the people that you love? And when you come up with that answer, you'll be provided with your purpose. All right, enjoy. Now... We hear songs written about catering. We hear catering being used as, you know, a source of being romantic, a source of, you know, being connected and really truly being connected to love. You know, when you think of catering, you think in a service, you think in serving, service of, you're thinking of a whole bunch of things. But we have to really start examining why we cater in our relationships whether it be to a friend, whether it be to a spouse, whether it be to a child. Why do we cater? And there's various ways we cater and various reasons we cater. One of the reasons is pity. You ever have somebody in your life that you feel you, they had a hard, a hard life, they really can't get out their way, they, you know, can't get a break, and, you know, you care about them. You want them to be happy, but, you know, they're never happy for long stretches. They never really experienced what it felt to be, jo- to feel joy, things of that nature. And you start to make sure that you're always available for them. You start to make sure that, you know, they have everything they need. You stop forgetting about yourself and you start just being the service, the service they need to hopefully live a better life, but they're not participating. If you sit back and look at why you're doing it, you're doing out of pity. You feel sorry for them. You, they are not giving you anything in return. They're not really participating in your life. They're not really, you know, adding value to your life. And they might, you know, have a good day and actually let you into their life and actually do something positive for you. You know, maybe you had something go on that was really traumatic, but overall you feel sorry for yourself. Sorry for them. You feel like you're always in a better place and you want them to be in that place. And you know, you feel bad. So you pity them and you cater them based on pity. And I want you to look at, and identify what pity is. Pity is feeling sorry for somebody. It's not a positive. It's a negative. It's not a healthy relationship and it's not a healthy thing to have in relationships. We shouldn't feel sorry for the people we have relationships with. Yeah, life happens, things happen. We do connect with them and we do understand their particular pitfalls and things of that nature. We understand when they need some form of comfort or affection due to, you know, life, 
weighing them down due to, you know, something that they experienced in life due to possibly sitting down and having a, you know, a deep discussion and sharing a trauma. But at that moment, you don't want someone feeling sorry for you. You want someone who's going to support you based on the fact that they acknowledge that you need the support, not based on the fact that they feel bad or they feel pity and it stems from how they want you to feel better. But instead, they believe that, you know, you should feel better. They believe that you should have a better quality of life. So they're there to support you to get you back to where you can be, not for their own, you know, not for their own selfish, you know, guilt or their own selfish reasons. So when you think of catering, make sure you're not catering to people based off pity. Another way we can cater to someone is obligation. And pity and obligation can possibly go hand in hand and they can cross. But it's not always because this person is somebody that you think less of or it's not somebody that you feel is less than. It can be somebody you feel is very empowered. It could be somebody you feel is, you know, very spiritual and has a strong personality and, you know, and you admire. It could be that person. That's obligation. You start to cater to them because you feel you have to to keep them. You feel you have to to be in a life. You feel like you have to do it. It becomes an obligation. It starts becoming a want and it starts becoming a, you know, a need. It starts becoming something that you feel the relationship can't exist without you doing or catering to. You feel like that's all you provide is a service and that's all you provide in that person's life. You know, your job is to make sure that they have everything they want and everything they need. Not out of the fact that, not from the fact that you believe in them so much, but for the fact that you feel that you would lose them in the process. That means that you feel obligated and then it builds resentment. It builds, you know, hatred. It builds all those things because you feel like you're on a hamster wheel. You feel like you can't get off the hamster wheel because if you take a, a breather or you take a step back, they're going to walk away from you. They're not going to be there for you and be there with you. And relationships is all about both people being fully invested in each other. Yes, in certain dynamics, somebody is a lot more powerful and a lot more, let's say, a lot more they can give back to the world. And they have the tools and they just need, you know, somebody to support them in that journey. But at the same time, you got to make sure personally, because we're talking about personal relationships, that you're getting something out of it in return. You know, relationships and healthy relationships are give and take. Accountable relationships are give and take. You got to understand that if you're just giving, it's not a healthy relationship. And if you're just taking, it's not a healthy relationship. Though relationships can co coexist and can sustain itself in that, in that practice, it's not a healthy relationship. And in our society, the sad thing is, Unhealthy relationships and toxic relationships last a little longer than sometimes the great relationships because when people have a clear understanding that they don't want to be in each other's lives anymore and they are in healthy places, they have a dialogue and they make the decision. And sometimes, you know, that means walking away. Whereas toxic people, they have a, you know, a codependency or they have a need for one another when you're supposed to want each other. And they feel they can't walk away because they're so tied in and they start creating these reasons to stay where a relationship is still 
not good. So catering to somebody out of obligation is one of those reasons, you know, creates a codependency. But it's just the opposite way of pitying. Creates a codependency most times where you're catering to somebody that you believe is more advanced than you. You believe it's better than you. You believe, you know, has mastered something and you want to just be a part of their life. They have friends. They have a bunch of and charismatic possibly, and you don't just see where you fit in that life. So you create a way to fit. You create, start using and deciding your worth based on your ability to cater to them. And that becomes an obligation. And if you notice, you'll start being angry when it's, you know, when things aren't going the way you want them to go, or you're not getting what you want out of catering to them, you'll start throwing it back in their face. You start explain, expressing how you gave your life up for them, and they never asked for that. All they asked was for you to come in and support them and be a friend. And in reverse, I'm sure half of them thought they were supporting you when they was having them long talks and sharing their thoughts with you and running, you know, running over, I mean, running past their plans with you, things of that nature. They always thought you, they didn't think you were supporting them by doing that. They thought they was, you know, bringing you into their life. So it's up to you to, Look at yourself as an equal. It's up to you to be in a fair relationship. It's up to you to give somebody something because you believe you want to. You're motivated by the want and you're motivated by the support, not because you feel obligated. You feel like if you don't do something, the person is going to walk away. That's an unhealthy way to be in a relationship. Another relationship, another way we cater to people is through fear of conflict. Now, these can be two equals, but at the end of the day, there can be somebody that someone pities or somebody somebody feels obligated for or obligated to. At the end of the day, the commitment to have a conflict is a part of a relationship. Any healthy relationships are deep-rooted in conflict, meaning... Y'all are going to always address things because y'all are very healthy and y'all want to address it before it gets big. So you'll see these people always having back and forth to the, for plans, though, for progress. They're not having back and forth for validation. But when you see somebody who fears conflict, they're anxious anytime conflict happens. They, you know, they have large anxieties. They shut down and they start agreeing with you. They start just going with the flow, but their actions don't reflect, you know, their actions don't reflect that flow. So in their minds, they're catering to you. They're catering to the person. In their minds, they're catering to the relationship because they believe that the relationship shouldn't have as much conflict. So they start just going with the flow and they stop having discussions about how they feel about topics, how they feel about being in a relationship, how they feel they're being treated. They stop communicating and they just start catering to the person and it becomes very one-sided. Now, you don't have to feel like you're less to do this. You just have to feel like you don't want conflict. You're avoiding conflict. And that fear of conflict causes you to shut down. Any other time, you know, when you're having fun, you feel good. You feel like equal when you are you know, having discussions that are not rooted in conflict. You feel OK where, you know, where the conflict really deals with somebody else. You probably advising the person how to deal with that conflict. But when it comes to a conflict between you and the other person, it's when you get very anxious is when you get 
very withdrawn. It's when you decide you want to, you know, take a step back because you believe it's best for a relationship. It's not best for a relationship. And you're not catering to anybody but yourself. Because at the end of the day, you're the one with all the internal conflict. If you truly see a way to now improve the relationship or the way to have peace in the relationship, you understand it may take a little bit of warring to have peace. It may take going to war to have peace. So think about that. When you have conflict, have a healthy conflict. See where y'all both want to go before y'all start the conflict. If you see that y'all going back and forth and back and forth and it's going nowhere, take a step back, talk about the destination, explain, okay, so we're having this back and forth. Where do we both want to be at the end of this discussion? Where do we both want to go at the end of the discussion? When I say you're going to have conflict, that's a definite, but doesn't mean that the conflict or the back and forth, or even when we argue, don't ha- it can't be healthy. If you understand the destination, you understand the point that's being made, You work towards it. So don't believe you're doing anybody a favor by catering to their ego or catering to the idea that you don't want to argue. That's not a healthy way to live life. And that's always a personal choice. And if you're so deep rooted in personal choices versus group decisions, nine times out of 10, you're not being good to anybody. And you're always avoiding things for yourself or selfish gain. It's a lot of people that don't want to have arguments, but they engage because they care enough about the individual to actually start the discussion and actually have the argument and actually have the disagreement so they can come to an agreement and you can move as one unit because that's the whole point of you choosing them over a stranger. Your ability to handle conflict, get on the same page, and walk as a unit. So another way you can cater to somebody is through conflict. And obviously, I listed three ways that are very unhealthy ways of catering to a person. Catering itself is not wrong. Catering itself is not unhealthy. And I'm going to show you. Catering to somebody based on romance. Now, when you cater to somebody based on a romantic desire, you're saying that I want to give this person a better life. I want to make this person smile, make this person laugh. I believe that this is going to enhance our relationship. I'm not doing it because they have to smile or they have to laugh or they have to feed my ego or they have to cater to my emotions. I'm doing it because I know that they will enjoy it. I believe I have a good understanding of who they are. And I'm having, you know, I have a great understanding that this will allow us to bring, bring us closer together. It would be a sign of affection, a sign of intimacy. And that's how you cater through romance. Now, obviously, this is more of a romantic partnership thing. But with friends, I mean, when we when we look at the word romance and we look at it, we always think of it as a partnership, as, you know, us being spouses. But when you think of a romantic gesture, it's just being mindful of what the person will enjoy, being mindful of what the person what will make the person happy, what would add to their quality of life, the consistency you show up with every day. I always say. Being romantic just means that you think about the person on a daily basis and your job and in their life is to make sure that you are putting them in the best place to succeed daily. So obviously now you can do that with friends. Romance shouldn't always just be a friend, you know, a, a partnership thing. You can 
romance your friend without having intimate and sexual desires for them, without having a commitment of, oh, we're going to be long-term partners or spouses. No, it's just saying I'm thinking of you, saying I enjoy being around you. Yeah, we use the word, the word romantic partner to identify the difference between friends and spouse. But at the end of the day, romance standing alone, we can now change it to romantic friends. Meaning that you have a relationship where y'all are fully intimate with one another. And people need to understand that when they come into your life as spouses, when they come into your life as boyfriends, they need to un- girlfriends. They need to understand that you do have a connection with your friend. And you're going to romance them because that's the, your relationship. You want them to actually have the type of friend that shows them the type of spouse they need. And any, any spouse that's not willing to step up and give them the same comfort, then they're not, they're not ready to be in that person's life. How we treat our friends when they're single is ultimately how they, how they probably would pick their partners because they understand how to be loved. So understand, catering to somebody in a romantic sense it's not a problem. It's, it's, it's an excellent thing. Again, I say catering is not a bad thing. Cater to somebody out of love, which goes along the same lines of what I said romantically. But when you cater to somebody out of love, it's a lot more broader. Why? Because the romance typically is, you know, the positives of catering. It's the positives of, you know, having an interaction with somebody. It's typically a moment in time where you make the time, make that moment all about them. You know, you put, put everything aside and make it about them. When you cater out of love, you're preserving the relationship at all costs. Meaning, let me just change all costs. You're preserving the relationship at a healthy cost. Make sure that the relationship is healthy. So now you look at it and when you say catering out of love, You want to really look at what love means. Love means that I graduated from selfish selfish needs and wants to collective needs and wants. It means that I have people I'm connected to that my actions will hurt them. So therefore, I decide on the actions before I allow my actions to hinder my relationship. And in doing that, you're catering a person in the sense that you might want to come home and just go to bed, but you know your partner or your friend needs personal attention. So you don't just give it to them out of obligation, give it to them out of fear of conflict, give it to them out of pity. It's because you're giving it to them because you know that that's going to preserve the relationship. Part two is, though you're tired, you push past it because you know you need a good conversation. You know you need to sit down and really interact with them because they make your day better. They make your life better. and you look forward to being in their presence. Even when you're looking, you're coming home knowing that y'all have something to talk about that's a little more serious, a little more controversial. You look forward to it because you don't like being in a state of limbo. You don't like being in a state of where y'all disconnected. You're never comfortable in disconnection. That's catering to the needs and wants of your spouse. That's catering to the needs and wants of your friends. Anytime y'all had a disconnect and you know it was you that caused that disconnection, they're going to want answers. They're going to want you to step up. Catering is a part of possibly apologizing. Catering is a part of having the discussion and really listening and 
speaking and you know because some people everybody's you need to listen you know there's some people that never talk there's no some people that don't talk in complete sentences you have to watch the dynamic of a relationship sometimes you're in a relationship where you're forced to talk more than you want to talk but people are calling you talkative but when you take a step back they cannot or they don't speak they don't bring up topics they don't you know have dialogue with you they just sit there and then you realize that you are, you are anchoring the relationship or doing your part by actually starting a discussion so that can maintain it. So you are catering to them. You're making sure that the relationship, you know, they, they bring other things to your life. So you understand that you're more the talker. So you cater to that moment or you cater to that point because you're trying to get them to talk. You see that they're quiet. You see that they're not, you know, they might have went through something and you stop and say, listen, we need to talk. You're the one that addressed the situation. But at the end, you're probably going to tell them, like, when you are going through something, I can't keep on guessing that you're going through it. You have to start opening your mouth and speaking to me. That's also catering, putting them on the right path to building a better relationship, putting them on the right path to be better people, because that doesn't just apply to the relationship as a whole, but it also applies to who they are in life. They're not going to get anything keeping their mouth shut. And sometimes they put their heads down. They work hard. Sometimes they get things. But at the end of the day, if you're not getting your wants met and your needs met in any environment, you should have a discussion to make sure that you and maybe your employers on the same page. That, you know, it can just be the fact that you need space on a bus. And you, some people allow a person to hover over them because they're fearful of conflict. So they cater to that person hovering over them, right? But when you think of love, you're like, listen, I deserve space as well. So it's like you have extra space. Can you take a step back so, you know, we both could have personal space? You have to speak up for yourself. And sometimes it's time to not speak up because it's irrational. The person's leaning on you because it's a crowded train. There's no space. So at the end of the day, you endure it because you understand that. That person can't move anywhere and they don't you can't get personal space. You put yourself in that position to get on a crowded train or a crowded bus. You can get off or you can maintain until you stop. There's so many ways we cater to each other. There's so many environments, environments we cater to each other in. But when it comes to romantic partnerships and when it comes to friendship and when it even comes to our children, because we have to get to know who they are. And we spend most of our time catering our children because they are getting nurtured. And a part of nurturing is catering to them. It's making sure you're aware, making sure you're prioritizing them, making sure that you're clear on what's going on with them and making sure that you're, you're helping them to be the best they can be. All we can do as parents is give them the information and hope that they, it, it, it clicks when it's time to click. You no, know, hoping when they're dealing with peer pressure, hoping when they're dealing with a bully, hoping when they are dealing with temp temptation and they're dealing with the growing pains of life, you know, rejection and things of that nature, feeling unwanted and feeling less. You give them the tools necessary to deal with those things because at some point as teens, they become withdrawn. They start building a social network where they rely on those people to give them information over their parents. You still have to stay involved. You still have to make sure you're there. So that also applies to catering based on love, not on obligation. And a lot of us as parents, we start feeling obligated. That's why we get run down. 
That's why we start feeling tired. That's why we start feeling like, oh my God, I can't, you know, I can't do this alone. Or I can't do this again. Or I can't do this, period. You know? But that's when obligation is coming in. Nobody's telling you as a parent, and not, they shouldn't be telling you as a parent, your life should revolve around your kids. Your, your life should be a part, added to your children's life. Life. It shouldn't be a part of, or it shouldn't revolve around. It's an addition to. So keep that in mind. Love is not an obligation. It's a want and it's a responsibility. And I guess obligation is synonymous. But when we really typically use obligation, it's not a choice. Responsibility should always be a choice. We chose to have children and we chose to make sure that they're the best that they can be. So when we're now looking at our child, we should embrace the fact that we are now going to cater to them to make sure that they know that they're loved and they know what they deserve from people out there because they shouldn't go less than the standard we set for our relationship with them. They shouldn't go less than the standards we put in place and the standards we show. You know, if you have a spouse or somebody around them that's not, you know, showing or reflecting the best, they have to figure it out or they have to leave your life. But your kids are going to reflect you. They're going to mirror you. So it starts with you. So how you want to be catered to, really put that work into other people and cater to them in the same way. Cater is a form of, of prioritizing. And in prioritizing, you have to make sure that you want it because it's your relationship. This is your life. You got to make sure that you are very comfortable in it. And when you're not feeling comfortable, that shows that there's a problem. Have the discussion, address the issue, get back on the same page. But when we cater, make sure we're not catering out of pity. We should not be in relationships with people we feel like we're better than. There's people we walk around and if we're honest with each other, and we're honest and not being political, that we feel like we're in a better place. Then. Ultimately, we want like minds. We want people that are walking the same path and we, we want to intersect. We want to actually do it together. Find people that are your people. So don't do it out of pity. Do it out of the fact that you see the group growth in it. You see the fact that you can bring something to their life and they can bring something to yours. Obligation. Don't do anything out of obligation. You know? Don't do it because you feel you have to. Do it because you see why it's necessary. You're tired. You're running. You're, you're still running. You're tired. The reason you don't stop some people, because of obligation, because they feel they're going to feel guilty. Healthy people don't stop running because they know getting to the end would enhance their life. So they're like, I'm going to enhance my life and I'm going to fight to enhance my life. I'm not going to take a back seat. I'm going to make sure I achieve my goals because it's going to be better for me. Not because I have to, but because I want to. Because though I don't want to do this particular thing, at the end, I want the end result. And I know I have to do this particular thing to get the end result. So I'm not deep rooted in obligation. I'm deep rooted in passion. I'm deep rooted in the love for achievement. I'm deep rooted in the fact that I want better. And when you're dealing with conflict, anything that's not said will fester. Anything that's not addressed will ultimately grow weeds and destroy your relationship. No matter how hard you feel it is to say, 
build up the courage to say it. You're not catering to anybody and you're not doing yourself a favor by saying, I'm not going to address this. Now, time and place does serve its purpose. All these things in life do serve their purpose, but it shouldn't be your practice. Most times is the present. And if you have to now employ time and place, it better be a good reason. And you better be able to express why you didn't say it right away and why it wasn't the time. You better have a clear understanding of why you took so long to address something or address an issue. Because it just being hard is not good enough. It's being, it's being difficult is not good enough. You know, it wasn't the time, but it was the time. It's not like where the person now can tell you and show you various ways it was the time they said. It. It's not good enough. But when you have a good enough reason, but you still walked up and you still handled your business, you honored something greater than yourself. That's called honor. That's called love. That's called true commitment. That's not being fearful of conflict. Don't be afraid to have discussions with the people you say you love and people you say you care about. Though some of them may be difficult, though you believe they will react a certain way, give them a chance to react that way. Don't assume. Because all that's doing is feeding your fear of conflict. So you can't cater in that moment. Can't really get something beneficial out of catering to that person because it turns into envy. When you do it out of romance, we should always be thinking, what could we do to make this person happy, smile, have a joyful life? Romance is deep-rooted in that. It's really paying attention to things that's going to help them. Not necessarily where you're correcting behaviors, things of that nature. That's overall love. Romance is a part of love. But that's overall love. It's everything. It's all of it. But love overall, you know, catering based on love overall is just being mindful of what the relationship needs on a regular basis. It's a mentality. It's saying, I want to cater, I want to serve. Because catering is synonymous with serving. You know, it's servitude. And it's saying, I want to serve this relationship. When you join a relationship, you're in serving of. You're serving the relationship. The relationship can't exist if both people aren't serving the relationship, doing what's best for the relationship. And catering is a big portion of that because it's the mentality of being mindful of what is needed for the relationship to exist. It's what's needed in the moment. It's what's needed long term. It's what's needed is just being very mindful and very intentional on, you know, what the relationship needs. So when you're catering out of love, you don't feel like it's forced upon you. You don't feel like you have to. Any relationship you're in, have a clear understanding that you can exit at any point. Any relationship you start believing you can't exit, you can't leave, and you want to leave, but you feel you can't, think about it. You're using them like you believe they're using you. Did they trap you? Did you feel like they put you at a disadvantage? Any relationship that you need to leave or want to leave or have to leave, you should be able to leave. And you should be in any relationship because you don't want to leave. Because you want to stay. You want to be consistent with that person. And catering is a big part of saying, I have a duty to this person's happiness. I have a duty to this person's well-being. I have a duty to this person. And like embracing it. Not feeling like you have to. So when I want you out of all of this, I want you all to see why we cater. Ask yourself, why are you catering? 
Are you catering for your own selfish wants? Are you catering because you feel you're going to lose somebody? Are you catering because you're fearful of commitment? Are you catering because you feel pity for the person? Are you catering because, you know, it's a romantic thing. You, you really believe in it. You really believe it helps preserve the relationship and it makes the person happy. Are you catering out of love? Are you having discussions you really don't want to have in the moment, but they're necessary? Are you taking the time to really evaluate your relationships and saying, why do I cater? And are you catering for positive reasons and progressive and productive reasons? Are you catering and it's just going to lead to envy and feel like a sense of duty and feel like you're stressed and you're burnt out and you're overwhelmed? Think about it. What is catering doing for the relationship as a whole? Not just for you and not just for them. Are you catering for us? Ask yourself that. This is another Accountable Love podcast. I hope y'all, you know, y'all listen, learn, and apply. All right, enjoy. When we hear the word cater, we typically hear subservient love snobs. But you don't have to be subservient to actually pay particular attention to the people that you care about. Catering is just our ability to pay attention to what somebody wants and providing that one. All right, enjoy.